everyone, and welcome to Blastburn Radio Showdown Spotlight. I am your fighty friend, Jolly by Nature. And I'm your battle buddy, Mezzer Engine. And we are here to be your your mystical tour guides into the magical world of competitive Pokemon. All of the math and spreadsheets and calculations are awaiting you. Seriously, I know that in some circles within the fandom, that is absolutely the meme of competitive, that it takes all of the joy and soul and happiness of Pokemon and just renders it down into math. And... Honestly, there's probably some truth to that, but I would argue that in many ways for at least a certain subsection of players, competitive is the biggest expression of love for Pokemon and the Pokemon franchise of all. After all, we've all watched Ash Ketchum try and mostly fail in the anime. We all want to be the very best like no one ever was. And you too can become a Pokemon master. The tools are at your fingertips and we are here to help you find the way. Don't worry. It just involves pill bottles and your Pokemon's mouth. Just dump the whole thing in. Also, <laughs> berries, if you, if you overdose, berries will help you with that. But that's for later. Oh, God. Are berries in the lock zone of Pokemon? Oh, God. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> now, if you're new here, welcome. Showdown Spotlight is the show where we endeavor to teach you, the listener, something about competitive Pokemon and team building every episode, featuring a different Spotlight Pokemon, what makes them unique and special in various competitive metagames, and how they're used to best success. That will not however, be the format of today's show. Uh, as we are starting from the beginning, we felt like it was important to define some key concepts that are important to understanding everything that comes after. So today we're going to be talking about competitive Pokemon in the abstract and specific concepts that are important to competitive. And in the coming episodes, we'll be focusing on each of the most relevant competitive formats in Pokemon. Now, if you're not so new, you might recognize that this is not factually episode one of showdown spotlight uh, you might consider this our soft reboot of this particular show there are prior episodes available on the main blastburn radio feed and you are more than welcome to check those out if you'd like but importantly they were all created during generation seven they were created focusing on the pokemon sun and moon competitive metagames and thus the information that we discussed there isn't accurate <laughs> or super relevant to the modern state of competitive play. I think we're still funny and charming, so they might still be worth a listen. Just don't take anything we discuss there as gospel truth unless you're playing the sun and moon ladder, which you absolutely can, by the way. Like, there's still a thriving Gen 7 competitive community. Uh, but without further ado, let's jump into the wild world of competitive Pokemon. I love how we started this episode by telling them we were going to teach them about math and then summarily patted our personalities on the back. No one's listening at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we're so good at this. We try to dress the numbers up with some, some fun window dressing at least. Yeah, but let's, let's talk about competitive. Uh, if you're new to the concept, uh, it can seem a little intimidating, honestly, but it shouldn't. At its core, competitive Pokemon is just Pokemon paddling with other people instead of the computer AI, which is stupid. Hop, I'm looking at you. 
There are a number of ways that this makes for a substantially different and more prediction-reliant playstyle, but they really all just boil down to this one fact. Your opponent is a person, uh, and instead of a static priority list of actions, we'll use a person's logic and reasoning when playing against you. While battling in a story playthrough is a comparatively simple affair, choose Pokemon that are fast and offensive, and click the strongest super effective button every time, if you play like that against a skilled human opponent, you're generally going to lose quite badly. So people switch in battle a lot uh, to the point to where in singles gameplay, at least stealth rocks is often considered to be the most important move in Pokemon because the frequency of switching adds up to more damage over the course of a match than any other single attack. I, I really can't stress this enough. You know, again, we do our, our Nuzlocke series on the main Blastburn radio show. And there's been a few times that gym leaders have like made a timely swap on us and just like fucked our whole lives up. People do that all the time. This means that just as an example scenario, if I have a Lucario out against an opponent's Tyranitar, I can blow it the fuck back with a fighting move. Like I can click mock punch and just remove that thing. But if my opponent switches into the Gengar they have in the back, I could be in genuine trouble after all ghosts are immune to fighting type moves. Thus, I, I can't just mindlessly play against what's in front of me. I have to choose between making the obvious play, going for the hard fighting attack, uh, in this case, or the risky or hard read play of swapping myself into something that counters what I anticipate my opponent will do, or the safe or neutral play, which would be clicking a move that is at least somewhat effective no matter what the opponent does. So in this case, if I'm up against a rock dark type and I know there's a ghost in the back, I could click Lucario's steel stab. We'll say meteor mash and know that no matter what he switches in, something is taking at least some damage. Learning to recognize these different modes of gameplay and making the, the correct and least risky decision or recognizing when a riskier decision is called for is the core of competitive gameplay. You also can't build a team of only fast offensive Pokemon and be successful and competitive, at least not without substantial strategy involved. You're going to have to make your own swaps over the course of a match. And if everything on your team is frail, you're going to struggle to maintain the various team pieces you need to be successful. In competitive, there are a variety of roles for Pokemon on your team to fill and strategies that are unnecessary against the computer, but vital against human opponents. This includes status, which can be devastatingly effective and competitive, as well as stat boosting moves, which can allow you to avalanche your way to victory over an opponent. Now, while in a playthrough, when it comes to status, you may only touch sleep or paralysis specifically to assist in catching Pokemon, most status effects have important use in a competitive landscape. Uh, sleep removes an opposing Pokemon from use for anywhere between one and several turns and is thus devastatingly effective. Sleep is so effective, in fact, that many fan-made rule sets, including Smog on Singles, limit sleep, making it to where you can only sleep one opposing Pokemon at a time. Uh, make sure to familiarize yourself with the rule set you're using before leaning heavily into this particular status. Uh, paralysis is also extremely effective in competitive play. 
In addition to the role to occasionally rob your opponent of their turn's activity, it cuts their speed stat in half. Well, in half in the modern games, actually lower in older titles. This can potentially rob your opponent of their win condition if used skillfully, turning a speedy glass cannon into death fodder. Likewise, the status Burn halves its victim's attack stat, turning a physical powerhouse into a meek teddy bear. Lastly, while poison is only really good for a little bit of chip damage, the poison inflicted by the move Toxic is a different story. The damage inflicted by Toxic doubles every turn, allowing bulky defensive Pokemon with recovery to stall and outlast their poisoned opponent, as well as providing a potent means of removing your opponent's bulky walls if they lack a method to heal or immune or otherwise deal with it. Now, it's worth noting that status is not like a a win button. It's not an infallible strategy. Certain berries can clear status effects, notably lum berries, which remove all of them once, uh, and certain moves and abilities can remove them as well, notably aromatherapy, which clears status not just from that Pokemon, but from the entire team. Lastly, certain types can be immune to certain status effects uh, or moves, such as electric types being immune to all forms of paralysis, fire types being immune to burns, poison and steel types being immune to poison, and grass types being immune to powder and spore-based moves. That said, with a thorough understanding of their best uses and counters, status effects can pave the way to victory in any competitive format. Likewise, while boosting moves are largely useless in gameplay, after all, why sword stance that my slash does double damage next turn when I can just slash twice and bring coverage instead, boosting moves like sword stance, calm mind, bulk up, nasty plot, dragon dance, and quiver dance all have a wide variety of uses and applications in competitive play. From allowing you to break through particularly tough defensive walls to allowing you to sweep your way through an opponent's entire team with a single offensive threat, they're not an I win button by any stretch of the imagination and shouldn't be used as such, but learning when, how, and why best to use these moves is an important part of learning competitive play. Now, there are two facets to competitive play. There's battling and there's team building. While you can be successful if you're only skilled at one of these, um, good battlers, after all, can pilot teams built for them by others, while truly great team builders can play suboptimally and still win based on the strength of the team that they've created. Truly great players excel at both. Now, the best teacher for battling is simply doing, and I encourage you to do so. Throw teams together or borrow one from one of the many sample team resources around the web. Jump on whatever ladder you're interested in playing and start learning. Winning and particularly losing matches can be the greatest teacher of all. For this show, our focus is going to be on the building aspect, as that can be much more confusing and daunting to learn and just figure out where to start. Of course, the first step to building a great team is understanding and knowing the format that you're playing in. Let's talk a minute about what formats are out there. That seems like a a valid and cool thing to do for everyone trying to dip their toe in. Because there are are several popular formats of competitive play in Pokemon, if you didn't know that. Each one is unique in battle style, legal Pokemon, and moves. And as such, strategies dominant in one format may be utterly outclassed in another. 
VGC is the official competitive format for Pokemon endorsed by the Pokemon Company with real tournaments and prizes. If you want to compete in Pokemon on the world stage, VGC is the format for you. VGC is a doubles battle format where you bring a team of six Pokemon to team preview, then choose four of those six Pokemon to bring into the battle itself. In tournament play, VGC battles are best of three matches. It's primarily played on the game cartridge itself, either in person or an event uh, or over Wi-Fi for an online tournament or the always on online ladder. Uh, Specific rules for VGC change from year to year with the current format in Sword and Shield VGC 2020 going officially live in January. Now, if single battles are more your jam, there are a couple of formats for singles currently, though the largest and most popular is Smogon Singles. Uh, Smogon is a six versus six singles format, and unlike VGC, is entirely fan created and curated. Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company have no say in what is legal in Smogon play. Also, unlike VGC, Smogon is primarily played outside of the cartridge game itself on a battle simulator platform form called Pokemon Showdown. For a long time, this has been the case because, again, singles battles and particularly 6v6 singles, even though that's how you play most of the Pokemon games, that that's not the competitive format that Game Freak has pushed. And that has become only more apparent with recent games. And to, you know, they, they lack a, a matchmaking platform for those types of battles, let alone a ladder and then most recently in Sword and Shield, kind of the the nail in the coffin of on-cartridge 6v6 singles is the battle timer, which for some reason in Sword and Shield is locked to 20 minutes per match, which is generally speaking not nearly enough time for a 6v6 singles match to play itself into completion. And, and as such... Most serious singles players now do their laddering on Pokemon Showdown, where these issues are non-existent. Now, Smogon is also different from cartridge play due to their clauses and tiers. Uh, The clauses are usually either hard or soft bans to mechanics that are seen as either uncompetitive due to their extremely random nature or just generally unfun. We could have like a a whole episode, a whole discussion about like what bans are merited and, and what other ones maybe go a little too far, but there's super not time for that today. Uh, in practice, in practice, this covers the whole gambit from the previously mentioned sleep clause, allowing only one Pokemon put to sleep at a time, to evasion clause, which bans evasion boosting moves, to the most recent change, the ban of Dynamax, the new battle mechanic of Pokemon Sword and Shield from Smogon play. Uh, love them or hate them, understanding Smogon's rules and bans is essential if you hope to find success in the format. Likewise, Smogon separates Pokemon into various smaller metagames called tiers, based on their perceived strength and recorded usage. This sounds complicated, but in practice, it's pretty simple. The OU, or overused tier, is the true or main competitive metagame for Smogon. All Pokemon not specifically banned from OU for being overpowered, referred to as Ubers, are legal to use in OU. That said, they aren't all considered OU Pokemon. Any Pokemon that achieve a set percentage of usage within the OU tier are considered to, quote unquote, belong in the tier. They are OU by usage. 
Once an OU tier has started to truly form, an underused or UU tier opens below it, and all Pokemon who are not OU by usage are legal in this new tier, and it goes through the same steps of banning overpowered threats, calculating usage, and opening a new tier below it. This process is still ongoing for Sword and Shield, and it's unclear currently exactly how many Generation 8 tiers will exist when the dust settles on the Gen 8 metagame. But ultimately, the tiers are intended to give as many Pokemon as possible a metagame with other Pokemon of comparable strength where they can shine. If you're starting Smog on Play in Sword and Shield right now in the developing metagame, I'd recommend learning OU and trying the new tiers as they develop. If you're trying it down the road after the meta has stabilized a bit, I'd recommend locating where your favorite Pokemon fall within the tiers and starting there. After all, at the end of the day, we are playing Pokemon and you'll always have more fun using your favorites. And that's what Smog on Tears are all about. Now, maybe you're into competitive singles, but Smogon just doesn't do it for you. Maybe you find those rules too restrictive or you just prefer playing on cartridge. There is an official singles metagame on Sword and Shield cartridge, although it doesn't have the same like tournament scene uh, or like official push that VGC does. Battle Stadium singles is the singles battle equivalent to VGC doubles. It's a cartridge format where you bring a team of six to team preview. Then select three of those six to bring into those battle, to bring into the battle. <laughs> and for better or worse, none of Smogon's clauses apply here. This means that you can sleep your opponent's whole team, boost to maximum evasion, and Dynamax to your heart's content. The battles here are significantly shorter and for obvious reasons, much more offensively oriented. So if that's your jam, then enjoy them. Lastly, the final noteworthy Pokemon competitive format is draft format, and this one is a little more difficult to speak definitively on. Like Smogon, draft is a fan-created format originally cooked up by at what Stephen, what does this say? It's magnitude, uh, but the A is a four. <laughs> what wh yeah, okay, wonderful. <laughs> Originally cooked up by at magnitude with the A as a four on Twitter, and it is the Venn diagram point where competitive Pokemon meets fantasy sports. In a draft league, a number of competitors draft a team of Pokemon, and then those Pokemon are exclusive to the competitor or coach who drafts them. Then they play a season of matches against the other teams in their league, building a different team for each match from the pool of Pokemon that they drafted. Now, each draft league is different with rules created by the players running them. Some draft leagues use a point system. Others fill certain requirements by assigned tiers. That said, the one thing that virtually all draft leagues have in common is that they reward creative team building and using Pokemon in ways that you generally wouldn't in a more traditional format. We're not going to be speaking authoritatively on draft on this show because of the variety that exists within the format. But when a Pokemon we cover has some cool or interesting tech that could be applied in a draft setting, we'll be sure to point that out. Now, the, the one other thing that we really wanted to go over today that we want to leave you guys with today is resources. While we want to be informative and, and teach you guys the ropes of team building, if you learn that stuff here and only here... Well, it's going to take a while. Uh, so we want you to have the tools to research, to find your own hidden tech, and to be your very best you. 
First of all, uh, and most broadly, is Cerebi.net. Everybody's favorite online Pokemon resource is a, to, to the surprise of no one, a great resource for competitive players as well. Whether you're looking for a team member who learns a specific move, trying to remember what an obscure ability does, or figuring out how to breed Mach Punch on your, onto your Conkeldor, Cerebi is a fantastic resource for game information. Type what you're looking for into the search bar, and you're already on your way to learning. Now, PokemonShowdown.com, in addition to being a battling platform, is a great resource for competitive players of all formats. Uh, the team builder on Showdown is a great way to plan your team builds, even if you intend to breed and use them on cartridge. And the Showdown ladder can be used to playtest those teams without investing time and resources in training them in-game. Try it before you buy it, as it were. Uh, in addition, Pokemon Showdown has a damage calculator, which can be useful both during matches to determine your next move, as well as during team building to decide exactly how to best allocate your stats. Picolytics.com is a great source of information on competitive Pokemon, though unlike the resources to follow, it provides raw data only and leaves the context and interpretation to the user. Picolytics gathers usage information from Pokemon Showdown and publishes it in an easy-to-use and navigate format. Want to know what sets people are using with Arcanine and VGC? Want to know who Dragapult commonly partners with in OU singles? How about finding an EV spread to start with for your Darmanitan and Battle Stadium singles? Picolytics has what you need. Now, if you're looking for more context and instruction, Smogon.com is a fantastic resource for all competitive players, but especially singles players. Uh, Smogon has a strategy Pokedex, which shows you the usage tier of all of the Pokemon in a given metagame and provides strategy write-ups for currently several of them, but that number is only going to go up as the metagame continues. And by the end of it, there will be write-ups for essentially everything you would ever reasonably use. Smogon also publishes articles and has a forum where you can find sample teams, strategy discussion, an entire wealth of information available if you're just willing to sift through it. Now, for aspiring VGC players, TrainerTower.com and VictoryRoadVGC.com offer many of the same resources as Smogon, but aim directly at the VGC community. If you're looking for VGC news, team reports, and recent tournaments, articles, and sample teams, you can't go wrong with either of these websites. Additionally, Trainer Tower has their own damage calculator, and unlike that on Pokemon Showdown, it assumes that you're playing VGC. It defaults the level of your Pokemon to 50 and assumes double battles in situations where that distinction matters. So I definitely recommend using their calculator for VGC play. Now, lastly, joining communities of competitive players is easily one of the best resources and ways to improve, and there are a ton of them scattered around the web. Reddit has a few, with r slash stunfisk being the oldest subreddit dedicated to competitive play in all formats, uh, and the newly formed r slash VGC offering a resource specifically for the VGC inclined. Obviously, the aforementioned Smogon has its forums, and Pokemon Showdown also has various chat rooms. Even joining one of the many different Pokemon fandom discords, including our Blastburn Radio Discord, most of those communities frequently will have competitive talk and team building spaces. Having other players that you can bounce ideas off of, test builds, workshop problems with is essential to success in competitive play. 
Now, that, that kind of wraps up what we wanted to cover today, but there's more coming soon. In fact, our next episode will release soon, TM, and we'll be talking about uh, building a competitive team in-game. And that's right, baby, it's time for some breeding mechanics, so get excited for that. Uh, we will have two more episodes in this little introductory arc beyond that, and then we'll start spotlighting specific Pokemon in competitive play, so we hope that you guys are excited. If you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. We're supported by listeners like The Mackie Grad, Cameron Rossington, Poke Ranger Pat, and maybe you'll be next. If you're moved and able to support us with a monthly donation, you can earn perks, including early access to this show. And for our more generous donors, the ability to choose some of the Pokemon we shine our spotlight on, or even guest on an episode of the show. We really appreciate your final... Your final support. (laughs) (laughs) We really appreciate your financial support. Thank you so much. Be sure to email us and get at us. Uh, Send your questions about competitive play, and maybe we'll answer them here on the show. Uh, You can send your emails to BlastBurnRadio at gmail.com or get at us on Twitter or Facebook at BlastBurnRadio. Now, as always, you can follow me personally at BDRJolly on Twitter. And I'm at Measure Engine. And don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets and follow the show at Blastburn Radio on Twitter or Facebook to stay up to date on what all of our hosts are doing around the web. I do want to thank everyone for listening today and, of course, my battle buddy, Messer Engine. As always, I have been Jolly by Nature, and until next time, battle on. Showdown Spotlight is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature and Messer Engine. If you enjoy Blastburn Radio, Showdown Spotlight, or any of our other projects, you can support us at patreon.com slash challenge accepted media. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening and closing music in today's episode is the Marnie Battle Theme Remix by GlitchX City and Scott A. You can follow Glitch on all relevant platforms at GlitchXCity and Scotty at Scott Siegel. Special thanks, as always, to Smogon, Trainer Tower, Victory Road, and Picolytics, frequent sources for our research, and to Pokemon Showdown. Showdown Spotlight and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>